jump right in. <laughs> Justin's friend. Um, Matthew uh, 22, verses 36 through, through 40, um, tells us what Jesus had to say about the greatest commandments. He said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Someone had asked him. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends the whole law and the prophets. And I really believe that our church body here really tries its best to live these out. Um, I can see the love of God in your eyes when I hug you and you get that Jesus sparkle. Um, and how we truly try to take care of one another in our community um, by loving each other. Um, today's message is actually going to focus on the love the Lord your God part of those commandments. And um, I've entitled this um, message, A 21st Century Sabbath. Yes. Um, a few months ago, uh, Len and I were in the mountains um, visiting the church that we had attended when we lived up there years ago. And the pastor, hello, Pastor George, he's a great pastor. He gives great sermons. Um, right now, I couldn't even tell you what the sermon was about. Um, but there was a comment that he made. He made it pointedly, but it just struck me. He said, none of us would ever imagine killing someone or stealing or taking the Lord's name in vain. But we have no problem at all breaking the Sabbath. And that just struck me because I thought, that's me. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years, and I have never once given the Sabbath a second thought. And there it is, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. And so I asked myself, is this important? You know, after 30 years, why have I not heard this? Is this still relevant today? What does God really have to say about this? So, me being me, I decided I was going to thoroughly study this topic. And um, there are 160 Bible verses that talk about the Sabbath. And yes, I read them all. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that I knew what God was saying because man can really mess up what God says. And I wanted to hear his voice. So we need to go back to the beginning. When did the Sabbath first come about? I thought it went all the way back to like Abraham. You know, I've studied the Bible, but it doesn't show up until Exodus. So we're going to start in Exodus today and take a look at why God established the Sabbath, what is its purpose, and is it relevant today? Um, God first began to mold the Israelites into that nation that he promised Abraham after he freed them from slavery in Egypt. That's where the whole process began. If we take a look in Exodus, um, in chapter 16, uh, this is the first time that the word Sabbath appears in the Bible. And the Israelites have been walking through the desert for less than two months. Um, interestingly, God did not take the Israelites straight to the promised land. There are lots of reasons for that. But one was that he needed to mold them into a nation for himself, a nation set apart from all others on the earth. Well, after about two months of wandering in the desert, the Israelites began complaining about the lack of food. You know, we don't have any food. You know, it's better off back in Egypt. At least there we had food. You know, they started the grumbling and complaining. So the Lord provided quail in the evening and then manna in the morning for the very first time. 
Then the Lord instructed them through Moses to gather manna every morning, eat it all, and leave none for the next day. We're going to pick up with the story in Exodus chapter 16, verse 20, where he says, um, But they did not listen to Moses, and some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms, and it became foul, and Moses was angry with them because they didn't listen to what he had to say. They gathered it morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat, but when the sun grew hot, it would melt. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses had ordered, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be no more. It came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place, that no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. That was the very first Sabbath. And uh, it had a purpose. Um, the purpose is that... God was trying to set the Israelites apart. He also wanted them to trust him, to recognize that he is their provider, that he can provide everything that they need in six days and then take a rest on the seventh. Our bodies, as God well knows, he made them, cannot tolerate working day after day after day after day with no rest. Um, it, it, it's bad for us, we get sick, might even die sooner if we're not resting as we need to. So this was something that the Lord gave to them. In Exodus 19.1, uh, says, In the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. So now they've been wandering through the desert, oh, for about six more weeks, and they're starting to practice this Sabbath thing. And this is where um, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Um, this is where he gave them their instructions. So we're going to put that up there real quick. Um, Exodus chapter 20. And this goes from 1 through 17. I'm not going to read all of this to you. I hope that you are familiar with the Ten Commandments. But I do want to point out to you the arrangement of those Ten Commandments. The first three verses, God speaks about loving him. Remember how Jesus said that all of the law and the commandments are based on two Commandments, love the Lord your God, love people, your neighbor as yourself. Well, the Ten Commandments are actually arranged that way. So we have the first three that are talking about, God says, have no other God before me. You will, um, you will honor me. I am the Lord your God. You will not make for yourself an idol. Um, you're not going to worship or serve any other God. And then our next commandment, number four. Justin, you can go to the next slide, please. Thanks. Um, you shall not take on the name of the Lord your God in vain. Okay. And then number four is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So that's right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. The rest of the commandments go on and talk about loving your neighbor, you know, honoring your father and mother, don't murder, don't steal, all those other ones. It's right there in the middle. I thought that was really interesting. Um, Moses gave them the commandments, and uh, as soon as they were voiced in God's presence, all the people were afraid. And they said to Moses, we can't take hearing God's voice anymore. We need you to go up on the mountain. You go talk to God. We're going to wait right here while you get the rest of this. So Moses went up on the mountain to get the rest of the Lord's instructions. And um, the Sabbath is mentioned again in the middle of that. We're not going to take a look at it. But it's in, um, in Exodus 23, verse 12. He talks about remember, to, remember the Sabbath. And then at the very end of all those instructions, it's instructions on the tabernacle and how to worship God and how to live. At the very end, he mentions it again in Exodus 31, 12 through 18. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. So this is a pretty serious um, commandment. Um, you know, I, I was praying as I was studying all this. Like, Lord, that's that's really severe. Um, you know, people are going to be put to death for breaking the Sabbath. And then He reminded me that we are living in the Testament times, and you know, we're no longer under law but under grace, so that means that when we break a commandment, we won't be put to death. Um, thank you, Jesus, literally, um, for that. Um, but it is important, so important that it was mentioned again at the very end of all those instructions. And again, I had to ask, Lord, why was this one so important to you? And He just shared with me. I think just in, throughout history, you know, the, the Israelites at that time had been in slavery, had been in bondage for hundreds of years. All they knew was the culture that surrounded them. Once he released them into the promised land, they would be surrounded by other cultures um, who worshipped other gods, multiple gods. And he wanted to be sure that his people knew his heart and that they were committed to living their hearts for him. That's why it was important. That brings me to my main point today. Is this commandment even relevant today? I've done a lot of research on this, and um, I've come to an answer, and I would like to share that to you, with you, I'm sorry. Um, the first question I had to ask was, well, what did Jesus say? You know, um, we live in New Testament times, and what did Jesus have to say about the Sabbath? If we look at Matthew 5, 17, he says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And I think that's key. He didn't say part of the law. He didn't say 
all of the commandments except number four. He said he came to fulfill it. And um, I've heard others say, well, well, Paul said that we're no longer under the law, but under grace. I just mentioned that verse, but let's take a look at it. Um, Romans 6, 14 and 15. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. I think sometimes we like to stop at the under grace part and then think that, oh, it's okay to sin. We're under grace. It's okay if we don't do everything God wants us to do. Um, but Paul was quick to remind us in, in throughout the book of Romans that um, it doesn't mean what we should do. We should be thankful that we're not going to be stoned to death for gathering wood on the Sabbath, which occurred in one of the verses I read in Numbers. So um, that's what we're thankful for. So I think it's, it's pretty evident that, um, that it is still relevant. But what do we do with that? You know, we look at the culture that we live in today. It's the 21st century. We live in a global society. Um, we live in a, a fast-paced world that never stops, never slows down. You can find something open, some place to go, 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How do we do this thing called the Sabbath? Well, I asked God, what's really required? I spent a lot of time in the New Testament looking at, um, at what Jesus modeled for us. And oftentimes we get so focused on what Jesus didn't like about common day Sabbath practices rather than on what he did do. Um, Jesus observed the Sabbath. He observed the Sabbath and kept it holy. What he did not do, um, or I should say what he condemned, was the way the Pharisees had burdened the Jews with so many extra rules to follow on the Sabbath that they lost sight of the, its real meaning and real purpose. There are many verses where Jesus is healing on the Sabbath and he's criticized. You're working on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that. And Jesus would tell them, it's good. You know, we need to do good on the Sabbath. Um, let's take a look at Mark um, chapter 2, verses 23 and 28. And it happened that as he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain, the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David when, uh, did when his companions, when he, and his, when he was in need, and he and his companions became hungry? Now he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Jesus was pointing out to the Pharisees that they had gotten it all messed up. Um, they actually came up with 39 rules. Uh, Pastor Lance mentioned this in a sermon recently, not too long ago. 39 rules of things that the Jews could and could not do on the Sabbath so that they wouldn't be misconstrued as work. 
and um, harvesting grain was one of them. So when the disciples were walking through the fields and pulling off the heads of grain, they were accused of working because they were harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Um, there is only one um, shall not in the whole of scripture that talks about what you shall not do on the Sabbath regarding work. I found this really interesting. I had to go back to the Old Testament and see, well, and I can see some of your brains doing this right now. What exactly is work? How are we going to define work? There are so many ways we could do that. And that's where the Pharisees ran into trouble. So I thought, Lord, what do you have to say about this? Well, this was the only verse I could find that really described work. And it made me laugh. It says the only, um, uh, Exodus 35.3, and Justin, I don't think I gave you this one. That's fine. Um, you shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. That's it. So I thought, well, God, what's wrong with lighting a fire? You know? And, um, and he again reminded me, Laura, it's not what you're doing. It's the spirit behind it. It is why was lighting a fire something I wouldn't want them to do at that time. I thought, oh yeah, they don't have dishwashers. They don't have washing machines. They don't have, you know, they needed fire to do work. Uh, the fire was necessary to cook, to clean, to do laundry, to fix tools, to make tools. It was needed for everything. So he said, in your dwellings, don't light a fire. If you don't have a fire going, you can't do any of that. I'm thinking, yeah, the Israelites, probably needed that <laughs> as a reminder. You know, this is what we're going to do. This is how we quantify what work is. Um, that's the only one I could find that establishes work. Um, as I was doing some, some research on this about, about current Sabbath day practices and, you know, Orthodox Jews still follow those 39 rules um, that were established by the Pharisees. And uh, in one case, I read, you know, they, they talked about this particular verse. And uh, if an Orthodox Jew lives too far away from the, um, from the synagogue to walk there on the Sabbath day. Now, the Pharisees had described or prescribed uh, the number of steps a person could walk on the Sabbath. And you will see this throughout the New Testament as a measure of distance. Um, they said, this city is a Sabbath day walk from Jerusalem. And that's where it goes back to, the prescribed number of steps you can take. So today, there are some Jews um, living in areas where the synagogue is a little too far out of reach to walk to on the Sabbath. So we would say take a car, right? They're not allowed to drive a car because a car has an internal combustion engine that ignites when you turn over the engine, and that is considered lighting a fire. So they don't drive a car. As you can see, it's easy for the human mind to take this to the extreme and to go places God never intended it to go. He doesn't want us to do any work on the Sabbath. He wants us to rest. But there's another thing that he does want us to do. Um, let's take a look at Matthew 12, 12 real quickly. Not out there? Sorry. That's why I printed them out, just in case this happened. Because, um, or did I? 
Well, I will hear, I will I will summarize it. Mark 12, um, verse 12 talks about Jesus' response when he was accused of healing someone on the Sabbath and doing work. And Jesus said, it is, it, it, you need to do good on the Sabbath. You know, it's okay to do what's good on the Sabbath. If you have an ox that falls into a well, you're not going to leave it there because it's the Sabbath, even though it's going to take you a lot of work to get it out. You need to do good on the Sabbath. Ah, thanks. You're good. Um, and they were seeking to seize him. And these are the Pharisees again. And yet they feared the people, for they understood that he spoke the parable against them. And so they let, yeah, I got that wrong. Anyway, thanks, Justin. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, I got the reference wrong and everything. All right. Anyway. You want to talk about Matthew? It's okay. We, we'll, we get the gist of it. There are numerous scriptures in the New Testament um, talking about Jesus and his response to his accusers about how he decided to spend the Sabbath day. Um, not so much that he was spending it, but how he was spending it. What's this? Oh, there it is. <laughs> how much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. There we go. We got it. We're a good team around here. It might take us a while, but we get it. Okay? Um, so that's it. So, so that's the point that Jesus made. Um, it's to do good on the Sabbath. The other thing that is required of us on the Sabbath is to remember the Lord. Okay? It wasn't just to not do work. It was to take some time. Remember that we were once slaves. Now, the Jews were slaves in Egypt. We once were slaves to sin. We have been freed from the bonds of sin. And we need to remember that regularly. If we look at Isaiah. I thought it was interesting. This is in Isaiah chapter 58. What's that? Verse 1. Um, Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. Aha. All right. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure, and speaking your own word. Then you will take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I guess that kind of summarizes how we are to remember the Lord. Um, on the Sabbath day. So now we know what's required. It's not that difficult. Do no work. Remember God. Take a day of rest and remember God. But how do we do that in our culture? The next question I asked myself was, Lord, there are debates everywhere that have been going on for centuries about which day of the week is supposed to be the Sabbath. They are still going on to this day. And it's kind of sad. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Jews are always celebrated on Saturday. And there are Christians, and, and we look at even the church history, and it goes back to the early Christian church history where they broke away from celebrating the Sabbath and instead started celebrating the Lord's Day. And we look into all of this about trying to choose which day. And as I'm praying about this, I was like, Lord, do you say anywhere in Scripture what day of the week this has to be? It's not there.
there is nothing in scripture that says the Sabbath must be Saturday. The Sabbath must be Sunday. The Sabbath must be Wednesday. There is no day of the week. When the Sabbath was first set with the Israelites in the desert, our modern day calendar didn't even exist. The Israelites are the first recorded culture to ever live a seven day week. The Israelites set their calendar by the Sabbath. They didn't set their Sabbath by the calendar. So they said six days we will work and the seventh day we will rest. And that's how they experienced it. And that's how they lived it out. Our modern day calendar has evolved throughout centuries. As a matter of fact, if you were a Roman citizen over a thousand years ago, your week lasted 10 days long. There are other cultures in this, in this world and throughout history whose weeks were only four days long. God made it clear that we shouldn't set our Sabbath day by the calendar that hangs on the wall. We need to set our week according to our Sabbath day. And that really struck me because I thought, well, you know, Len and I talked about this after that sermon. We were both struck by it. We're like, we want to live a Sabbath day. We want to honor God in this way. We've not done it before. We want to do it now. It was easy for us to choose Sunday to be our Sabbath day. We both have jobs that work, require us to work Monday through Friday. Um, we have off Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays, we try to get all those household chores done. You know, Sunday, we enjoy worshiping with our family, our church family, on the Sabbath day. There's nothing in scripture that says you have to attend corporate worship on the Sabbath. It's not there. It's something I've kind of done over time. One of my, um, my friends who happens to be a hairdresser once said to me, yeah, Tuesday is my Monday. I must have been there getting a haircut on a Tuesday, you know, and uh, she's like, yeah, Tuesday is my Monday. Everybody else complains about having to go back to work on Monday. Well, my work week is Tuesday through Saturday. I do hair Tuesday through Saturday. I'm off Sunday and Monday. Sunday and Monday is my weekend. I have other friends, and uh, actually I experienced this myself once. I, um, I used to work in a, a paper mill. Well, this is years ago. Um, I worked in a paper mill when I was going to college. It was a great way for me to earn money. It almost paid for my entire college education to work there in summers and every vacation. This paper mill only closes down three days a year, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after. It runs 24-7, 362 days, nonstop. And um, I was required to work something called swing shift. You know, I worked eight-hour shifts. One week I was on days. The next week I was on the afternoon shift, the 3 to 11 shift, and then I was on the night shift, and it swung. I only had one Sunday off a month. But I always had days off in between shifts. You know, God isn't so concerned with the day on the calendar. He's not bound by time anyway. You know, what he cares about is what's in our hearts. Do we really want to follow him in our hearts? We can set aside and say, this is my Sabbath day. This is my day of rest. It's been a blessing to Len and I to start this. It's still a work in progress. I thought it was going to be easy. I work Monday to Friday. I got Sundays off. What's the big deal? I have to plan to not do any work on Sunday. It's amazing how much I used to do uh, to try to get done for the week to come on that Sunday. I understand why the Jews call Friday their preparation day. 
you got to prepare to have a day off and really do no work. Um, one thing that I want you to keep in mind, and I want to look at um, one last verse. This is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And I think that says it all. So, I obviously studied a whole lot more on this. 160 verses has a lot to say. Um, but I thought I'd give you a snapshot. And um, I hope that you'll consider it. And now um, I'm going to ask if you would um, please stand with me. I'd like to say a prayer for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray that you help us to remember that we weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. That we would enjoy our rest and our refreshment in you. That we would set aside that time to honor you. Lord, I pray um, that you would just go with us. Help us to live out those two commandments. Love, Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.